I am unashamed. What about you? All right, we're back. We have Zach and Al virtually from North Carolina. I know you've been impressed with the technology. And <laughs> where we're at in our lives here, it's it's kind of like we've been talking about the burial of Jesus and the significance of it, but we're kind of in the burial mode of duck season because it starts, you have the first split, and then it ends, slash dies. Then you're in that burial stage of the split, which I always take a trip during that. And then, of course, the resurrection is the final push, which is usually the best of the duck season. Would you agree with that assessment? Well, people who have made a living, literally, we made a living off of the pursuit of waterfowl. I thought you were going to say the pursuit of happiness. Which is the pursuit of waterfowl. <laughs> so that kind of kicked this thing into gear. What came out of it, ladies and gentlemen out there in uh, computer land, what came out of that is a group of individuals, y'all being the case, it's, 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 it's large now. You folks ought to know that. It's large. All of y'all there said, what's this, what's this duck deal going out? It is interesting that we're talking about God becoming flesh, dying on a cross, being buried, and being raised from the dead. They were either the greatest liars of all time or what they said was true. I've read their account, and I believe it. And that's why, if you noticed, the podcast is called Unashamed. Romans chapter 1, verse 16, I am not, the Apostle Paul said, and I can say, Jason, I, and Al, and Zach, we're not. We're not ashamed of the gospel. We're just not ashamed of it. Because it, the gospel, is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. That's for everybody. For in the gospel, the narrative about Jesus, who he is. He came in flesh, we remember it from John 1, 1, John 1, 14. He dies on a cross, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, is buried, and three days later is raised from the dead. In the gospel, a righteousness from God is revealed, how to be right with God. It's through a person and what he did and your faith in that. I mean, give me a break. We're unashamed of that. Eternity is tied to it. A righteousness is revealed. It comes by faith from first to last, just that it is written. That's one. So we're not ashamed, and we put that as the heading of what we are discussing, which makes it very pertinent. Again, the Apostle Paul wrote this. God did not give us 2 Timothy. He's writing to Timothy 1, verse 7. God did not give us a spirit of timidity. That's why you folks that are listening, you're saying, there is absolutely no fear among those guys when it comes to the gospel. They do not fear that. They're not ashamed of that at all. Life and immortality? Watch. So, God gave us a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. So, do not be ashamed to testify about our Lord or ashamed of me, his prisoner. They'll put you in jail over it. Well, you know, they're already leaning that way, these left-wingers. But join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. He saved us. He called us to a holy life, not because of anything we've done, but because of his own purpose and grace. Therefore, after following Jesus for the last 45 years, that's when I said, let's build some duck calls there, family. And, uh, <laughs> we're going to fish a while and live off that, and then we'll do it. And look, here's the final phase. Jace, pick that up there, if you will. 
Yeah, a lot of people. Jace was with me all the way. Look, uh, Jace was there. You see these? Now, look, for the people listening, Phil. They're saying, uh, what in the world is that? What is this? These are bands that they put on duck legs in Saskatchewan, Manitoba, British Columbia, the Dakotas, uh, Montana, Kentucky, Tennessee. These are bands on how they track ducks. It's bands with numbers on it. You see that number, call it in. They'll say how old the duck was. And they'll send you a little certificate. Send you a little certificate. Now, I will say this before, because a lot of people say, what in the world? Now, these there are slangs for these, uh, duck jewelry. Now, they track the duck, and these are different species, different kinds through the years. But this represents all the ducks on the Mississippi Flyway. Mallards, yeah. teal, gadwall, widgeon. We've got bands from all of them over yeah. 50 years span. These are actually quite rare. Oh. You might kill one out of a thousand. If you see uh, an individual and his partner, in this case, two rednecks, Phil Robertson and Jason Robertson, and they show you this, it's like the one right here, Jace. Mm-hmm. I shot that one. Back in the 70s, up around Moss Lake, 50 miles north of here, the they had been on the duck so long that all the numbers faded off of it. I sent it to the state police, and they had some kind of thing when crooks uh, file their, their numbers off pistols and all. Well, they took some kind of microscope and gave me the number that I couldn't read on that band. It well, how been, old was the duck? You remember? And I sent the band in, and that duck was 13 years old. Oh, wow. So a canvasback duck evidently can live a long time. All kinds of stories about these. This right here is a gathering of uh, 50 years, and you duck hunters, the ones that are, you're watching, you're looking at that saying, them old boys have spent a lot of time in the duck blind to harvest that many. So tell the story on on why you gathered these up. You you had some on your lanyard that you'd killed recently, or it, and they were rattling. So so you were going to put them with the rest of them, and I think you were surprised. I just went in there in my old room where I stashed stuff like that, and I said I need to get these bands because my duck calls are hitting them and they're jingling when I call. So I said I need to get transport these. I had about ten or twelve, fifteen of them over the last three four years. So I took those, and you have to open them up. They're made out of some aluminum. So I pried them apart off my my hunting duck mm-hmm. calls, and I put them in a line, and I just got to notice, and I said, man. What is it, six foot long, I guess? It's six, it's six foot. Yeah. It's, it's a straight. So those that you can't see it, it's a little silver-looking. They just curl them. It's the way they track them. ducks. They yeah. get numbers, and when we shoot them, they want us to shoot them. When we shoot them during duck season – if one's got a band, we say, wonder where he came from and where they banded him. Send the number in. They'll send you back a certificate that said this duck was one year old when banded four years ago in uh, Manitoba, Canada. And actually, they have some that have two bands, and one of them will be a reward band. Sometimes you get a little money out of it. Sometimes they have a reward band on them, and so I think, I got, I kill I, I shot one. That you got about fifty, 50 about I, fifty bucks, wasn't it? I had fifty bucks, but you've killed a couple too, hadn't you? I've killed a couple. Yeah, where they pay you. And you've also shot one that had an actual transmitter, and it was a uh, canvas back that they had dyed yellow. Which mm-hmm. the story was they had dyed the government dyed. If you wonder where your tax dollars are going, that's an eye roll for you listeners. They dyed a hundred yellow, a hundred pink. A hundred fluorescent green. Yeah. And so they were tracking them and they, they wanted, would, they would stand out when they flew by. They wanted you to shoot them and they're, they're tracking them. So it's pretty interesting. I didn't know they'd done that. And my buddy and I, he was an atheist at the time. I converted him two months before he died, which he made it barely. But <laughs> he told me, he said, I said, why is this duck, this canvas back yellow when he should be gray and black with a maroon head? And my my atheist buddy said, well, eons ago, there was a genetic malfunction somehow, and he come out yellow. He was a biologist, right? Biology teacher. Yeah. So I sent the number in, and I said, we've got this rare canvas back. And uh, 
that has been genetically altered. Been genetically altered the years, eons so. of time, and we, you know, any money in this, you're gonna pass some money that mm-hmm. tell you about it. It's a rare duck. Some professor from from uh, up around Chesapeake Bay said, first of all, guys, he sent me a letter. He said, you don't have a rare duck. You have a dyed duck. Mm-hmm. We dyed him yellow, some green, some pink, so we could fly in an airplane. 300 miles south of where we banded him or all the way down to y'all. We're glad you got him because we didn't know they went that distance from Chesapeake Bay to North Louisiana, but Mm -hmm. you found a dyed ducks. We put him colorful because we've noticed, especially people in Louisiana. He said, I don't want to use rednecks because that's a derogatory term, but anything (laughs) y'all can't identify, you kill it. And then you figure out what it is. And then you figure out whether you can eat it or not. Yeah. So we die ducks (laughs) and y'all see them. Good night, a yellow duck, kill him. So that's our typical culture. When you find something, they immediately, because your buddy who I know well, who, who is not a believer, they're trying to find this missing link to the evolution chain that could possibly show that, Oh, there is no God. And they come up, you know, he came up with all the sophisticated data and all that. No, just some old boy dipped a canvas back in some yellow paint. So we've killed dyed ducks. We've killed ducks with, uh, that are albinos, like a albino mallard, solid white mallards. And you say, man, they they look strange, but they do. They stand out in a bunch of mallards because there's one white one, and one time I said, good night, kill that white one. There's some kind of white mallard in there. Yeah, albino, was, albino. Boom, 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 boom. And remember bow, the boom. mule ducks. We've shot half mule ducks. pintail, half mallard. Yep. I've seen a half green-winged teal and a half mallard, which is interesting, because a green-winged teal is sure like three times smaller. They so, can't reproduce like a mule. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they can't they can't reproduce. Uh, what do you, you call them? Uh, what kind of duck do you call them? Some kind of mule duck. Mule duck. Yeah, mule that's what duck. they call them. Mule duck. Does that mean yeah. it's half duck, half mule? No, that means he's half and half of something. He's he, he's half of two different. Because what is a because what is a mule? A mule is half half donkey. Yeah, half, half horse. Mallards produce mallards. Teal produce potato. Every once in a while, somebody gets frisky out but there see, in the dead of night. That's where these gender. Uh, what is now, a, now that we've learned that there's more than 70 different genders out there, according to the world, see, they use these types of things as basis, but what they forget, they're ducks. That's right. And they're all brown, and it's just like every one of us has our difference as humans, but they're just grasping at some straw that's not there. So that's what we're doing. We're t- That's what you do during the split is you you go down memory lane of all the, the, you know, what happens in the duck world. I go on the road because I just want to keep hunting. So, so uh, let's take a quick break. So, uh, one of our new sponsors uh, is a is a group called Bloomsy Box, and they send flowers. And it's really interesting because uh, Dad, because of Bloomsy Box, Dad, you were able to give maybe your first. Uh, bouquet of flowers to Miss Kay. Was that was was that the first that I witnessed the other day? Really, that's the only one I remember. Congratulations! <laughs> I'm glad you didn't wait till you know. I'm mellowing. Ne- I'm mellowing. <laughs> the next life. <laughs> well, so yeah, so they actually sent some for all of our wives, but Jay's, yours, and my wife were gone. They were gold stores in Austin, and so Dad got all the flowers and gave them to Miss Kay, and she was so happy. She was. Yeah, that, that picture went You're viral. Good. So one of the things we love about uh, Bloomsy Box is, first of all, they have better blooms. Uh, they have really great, they do only family farms. So they're not these big box places. They're family farms. They hand pick them at the farm. They ship them directly to you. So you get them fresher and, and they last longer. And they really are pretty incredible on in their prices. You have no hidden fees, no upsells. You get free shipping uh, if you do a subscription. So they'll send you one set of flowers or you can get on a subscription. You can get one every month. You can get a special discount right now if you go to Bloomsy Box, B L O O M S Y Box.com, enter Phil, and you get 15% off and free shipping. So check them out, BloomsyBox.com. Use the code Phil, 15%, and make someone happy, happy, happy. So, Dad, how many, what would be your guess as to how many ducks have to die over a lifetime to produce? 
uh, a set of jewelry that would go around a Christmas tree like we just saw. I thought about it, and uh, all I can say is it took right at probably 50 years to amass this many. The short answer would so, be the limit. So it's like 140, 140-something <laughs> uh, 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 bands. So I figured it out. And it's and it's a little less than just under three a year. As your representative, I would say whatever the law legally allowed me to shoot. <laughs> yeah, James, but it, exactly right. we're clearly on record as before Dad was a Christian, he wasn't always such a yeah, man there, of the law. Yeah, there's a statute. Yeah, there's that, I would say that, that's what I was going to say. At my statute. peak, if you want to call it a peak of the wicked, at my wicked peak, I went without shoes. When I was about 24 and 25, I disowned the idea of wearing shoes. That w- I waited during duck season with no shoes. I got in the blind with no shoes. I'm on walking on hot pavement. It's not bothering me. Let I'm me going, ask you before you I'm going you through continue. briars. I'm how going much through did whiskey? How much was whiskey involved in this decision? It played a major process. role in the shoeless one. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. But... After I learned the error of my ways, I went back to the shoes. I will say that it is amazing how thick a calloused area mm-hmm. will form on the bottom of your feet. You've seen the natives somewhere over in Africa running through the coals. Yeah. I was I was at that stage. The reason I did that, because I was into me, and the, the uh, mantra was, who's a man? Well, some people say that you That was feet- my trying to show what manhood really was, which, let's face it, I'd have burned in hell if, if God had well, called right. us in. Well, some people say your feet can tell a lot about your life. And in your case... If, if I showed my feet on air right now and people looked at them, they'd say, that old boy has had some rough times. If you I, mean, I got your bun- feet... I got knobs, bunions, Look, twisted toes. I'm going to tell you, if you showed your feet, we would have to change our rating from G... To R that because is right. of graphic and disturbing that is right. images. I can't show my feet because you, you, y'all, would, you would, they would hide their eyes if they saw my feet. People they, would scream. All my feet the world. took a beating. Yeah, think I mean, about it. No don't shoes take for this two years. The wrong way, but you had the ugliest feet, and it's not even close of anything that I've ever imagined. And I know how I got them, my man. <laughs> hey, hey, Jace, you remember when we were kids? Dad would come in from squirrel hunting, and he'd have a lot of squirrels. And Mom, because he went barefooted or with socks, and so Mom would spend probably, what, two hours picking thorns out of his feet. With a flashlight and a magnifying glass, and she was just, which to me, I don't like anybody touching my feet. I'm, I'm kind of weird about it. Either I get tickly. Or it just makes me uncomfortable. But Phil just propped his foot up there. Embedded thorns. They yeah. did, that, would, that would be, they went through the calloused area, and they're now into my into my flesh. So Miss <laughs> K would dig them out many, many times. She spent digging thorns out of my feet. So you, you have a, a handle on what Paul said when he said the evil one, had given him a thorn in his flesh. That is correct. To torment him. I had many. Mm. Nice segue. <laughs> You're welcome. That's pretty good, Dad. I think we're. Uh, I think we're in the in the text we've been studying. We're in uh, uh, talking about. We've been talking about the resurrection, and um, and, and we uh, were talking about the burial. That's right. Because you got to right. have a burial before you have, have a resurrection. resurrection. Right. And so, so last time we sort of started talking about when he came back. And he appeared, first of all, to Mary Magdalene, um, which was interesting. And then, you know, also, you know, an angel uh, showed up as well and said, said his clothes gleam like lightning, which... What do you make of that? I don't know. One, one, one book said he was an angel. Another book just said he was, it was a man who's gleam like, you know, and one, one version said two men. Yeah. So it's really interesting that, you know, they get a little bit different look as to what all happened there. But we know one thing, you know, every time Dad went through the gospel, or every time there's a, a segment when Jesus came here, when he was in the garden the night before he, you know, was arrested, at the tomb, when he left here in Acts 1, and then when he's coming back, he says, come back with a powerful angel. Angels were present 
at every major part of Jesus' story, which I thought was interesting that, you know, God sent them to kind of be there for him during these crucial points of the, of the gospel story. Yes, that's, that's interesting. Also, what, what's cool to me is if you back up just a little bit to uh, where we were at last week talking about uh, Joseph of um, Arimathaeus and his a role that he played in the, in the burial, burial of Jesus, it's interesting that that was a prophecy that had to be fulfilled that Jesus would be, would be buried into a rich man's grave. And so, mm. I mean, he, he played a big part in, um, in the fulfillment of prophecy, and he also plays a big part in the apologetic of how we know Jesus actually rose from the dead. I mean, one of the things that we look at um, when we when we analyze like this text, for example, is is they would call this a um, uh, what's the term they use? It's not an embarrassing detail, but it's um, uh, there's a there's certain facts that would lend us to believe that Jesus was who he said he was, and that he actually came from the grave. Because had he been buried in a common man's grave, then nobody would have known where that grave was at. No one would have had a clue. When but I first that, yeah. When I first heard that, Zach, the gospel of Jesus, and I repented and turned to it, here's the impact, and y'all will verify this from watching me over the last 45, 50 years. 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 11, make it your ambition because of the gospel, watch this, to lead a quiet life, you say you stayed in the woods most of your life. Yep, that's where all them bands off the ducks came from. To mind your own business and to work with your hands, just as we told you, so that your daily life may win the respect of outsiders and so that you will not be dependent on anybody. He's saying, except God. Be dependent on God. Now watch this. Brothers, we don't want you to be ignorant about those who fall asleep, the ones who die because of the gospel or to grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. Most people, there's a certain amount of crying at funerals because they think we've lost them. We've lost our uncle. We've lost our dad. We've lost them. We believe, listen, that Jesus died and rose again. We're right back to the gospel. In every facet your lifestyle, make it your ambition, live a quiet life, work with your hands. Uh, just as we told you, he says, look, don't be ashamed to testify about me. Yeah. And if you live like that, you'll come out not being upset or overly upset when physical death supposedly ends it. Yeah. You live on and on and on, soul and spirit. Your body will be raised, reunited with your soul and spirit. You say, man, I mean, he has done it. All yeah. I have to do, and and it's interesting, the lifestyle he kind of points us to. Make it your ambition, quiet life, mind your own business, work with your hands. You're like, I've tried my best to fulfill that text ever since I read it, way back 50 yeah. years ago, Jace. I think Zach brought up a good point about Joseph of, of Arimathea. You know, at the Mark's account in chapter 15 and verse 43 it said he was a prominent member of the council which we've already talked about before he was kind of a secret disciple kind of a big dog yeah he was a secret disciple for this which was not good but you say well why was he even there it said who was himself waiting for the kingdom of god went boldly to pilate and asked for jesus's body so he had made this transition because of the cross from being a secret or perhaps you could even call him a coward to now being bold and courageous. Plus he's kind but, of a big dog. So yeah. Pilate would have said, Oh yeah, well get rid of him, you know, do what you want to with him. Well, right. But what I thought was interesting is that his draw to Jesus, even though he had socially distanced himself spiritually or, you know, publicly, he, he that draw that waiting for the kingdom of God. You know, Jesus came here saying, repent for the kingdom is near. Now, there's a lot of people. He's a rich man, but he's not doing it for the money. Think about right. it. There's a lot of people still waiting for the kingdom. Yeah. And here's this guy who's going to the grave because he was 
he was waiting for the kingdom, which we believe that when Jesus died and was buried and rose and poured out his spirit, you now had access to being a part of the kingdom of heaven on earth. Yep. So, you know, we went from the kingdom is near to the kingdom is here. Mm-hmm. You know, through through Peter's sermon. I just thought it was interesting. You say, well, what was the draw for him? I mean, why is he, why is he wanting to participate in this? He's wanting to be a part of that eternal kingdom that crushes all other kingdoms and that would, itself would endure forever. And I think he had concluded that that, Jesus is the king. Do you have any yeah. verses on on it's, on the the impact that the resurrection three days later had? Because they're working with his burial. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Now I don't know yeah. if he if he had deduced that he was raised spiritually, but something happened on the cross when he saw that cross that he he had concluded it got dark. He's the king. He, he's the king. Yeah. Or, you know, hey, Jays, let's take a break. So the worst thing about being remote is that the coffee situation, you got to experience it this morning, it was, it was a little rough. It was not the same. No, I'm not going to tell you the brand that we use, but it's all we have. <laughs> well, it ain't Black Rifle, I can <laughs> no. tell you that. No, it's not. So you guys are uh, back at the other set. Y'all are drinking the good coffee. We were we were slumming it today, uh, so we're missing our, our Black Rifle coffee which is a company owned by veterans, um, and they serve premium coffee to people who love America. The uh, veteran and CEO and founder um, spent over seven years on the ground overseas with U.S. Special Forces as a uh, CIA contractor. Um, He even modified his gun racks during the invasion of Iraq to grind his coffee anywhere. So if if you want to jump in on the holidays and make sure you're getting the best coffee you can get, just go to blackriflecoffee.com slash fill today. You can check out the best coffee in America. That's blackriflecoffee.com slash fill, and you'll get 20% off your coffee, apparel, and gear as well. 20% off your first month's order on the coffee club. Blackriflecoffee.com slash fill. Or maybe he didn't know. It said he had been looking for the kingdom. Maybe he just thought it was over. Because he was dead, and so he was just doing it to honor Jesus. Same with Nicodemus. I don't know. I mean, it could. You know, yeah, I don't either. I just thought it was an interesting line. You know, but I, you, but I, Al, you would you would think that he was one of the five hundred in First Corinthians fifteen that that Jesus appeared to. I would think. Is there a text that says that? I don't believe it is. Well, it says several others. Uh, I mean, it said five hundred. So. Yeah. Yeah. He could have been one of the 500. I would think if he was uh, per- participated in his burial, I would think he was one of the ones that found out about it. I think that's a fair. If you get your name in the Bible, there's a reason. It's like when you watch a movie <laughs> yeah. and they show some random guy over there, he's going to come back. But he, how did he get the part? Why is he in here? You know, That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I think you're right. And, and, uh, Nicodemus was interesting too because we actually see him pop up two other times in John, you know, one the secret meeting in John three, and then he sort of was like trying to take up for Jesus in John seven, but he was really doing it soft. He was doing a soft pedal, but he did question the high priest and got rebuked over it. So you kind of see his growth that gets him to that point that he would be a part of that moment yeah. at the barrel too. Yeah, no, no doubt. To me, it reminds me, you know, remember when Jesus was born and there's a couple of characters there in Luke 2, this just popped into my head, that it's like all these people who had read the Old Testament, they were just doing the same thing we are today in that they wanted to be a part of this everlasting, eternal kingdom and and have, who is this king? But this, I've... Never heard anyone discuss this, but in Luke 2 at Jesus' birth in 25, it says there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous, righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, which is the same thought of this bringing together you know, Israel or, you know, that where, who is the king and the Holy spirit was upon him. I think that's interesting. Yep. And it says it had been revealed to him by the Holy spirit 
that he would not die before he had seen the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required because they were fixed to circumcise him, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. That, and I was is, just, that is cool. Yeah, I was just going to make Al's point that God had, he knew the, those and moved in those through his Holy Spirit to give who Jesus is some credibility. And, and yep. you see it in his birth. You see it in his life. Those who would. Even while faith. Jesus was a child. Yeah, I, I thought it was an incredible story. Tell, yeah. tell about the woman too, Jay's Anna, because she was pretty interesting. Well, pretty and interesting. then Anna's next. She says, uh, then Simeon blessed them uh, and said to Mary, his mother, this child, because then Anna comes up, is destined to cause the fall and rising of many in Israel, which was true. Yep. And yep. then the next verse in 36, it says, there was also a prophetess, Anna, the daughter, uh, and it goes through her, her genealogy. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years uh, after her marriage. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage. I guess she got married it, when she was it, old. No, huh? it, it just meant she was a widow a long time. He died seven years after oh. they were Oh, I, I see. And and then, oh, and then was a widow, because, yeah, until she was 84. So it's elderly woman, widow lady. She never left the temple, but worshiped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment when Jesus was in the same moment of yep. Uh, Simeon. Yep. She gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. She was basically saying, there's the one. There's the one. There's your Messiah. You've been waiting on. They're like, do what? Now, can you imagine what son? the people around there were saying? They're like, oh, we've got some voodoo guy here who thinks he's full of you know some spirit, and we got yeah. this old woman. Yeah. That that's the appearance. That's what I'm saying. When you translate that into our world, these are kooky movie moments oh yeah you just look at them and say yeah i bet there's something to that well even even moving forward now we take for granted a lot of this historical record here even going back to john 20 thinking about that it was women who first discovered the empty tomb that was the embarrassing detail i was mentioning earlier uh josephus uh, i forgot how he said it but something to the effect of a, a woman's testimony is is less than that of a dog so if you were making this story up, yep. that's one of the reasons why historians believe that, 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 that you know, this resurrection actually, actually happened is because if you were making it up you know, 2,000 years ago, you would not have written into the account that women were the ones to testify to the, uh, the first testimony of the empty tomb. You would have had men finding the empty tomb, which you don't. But, so we take a lot of these facts for granted, but just the importance of what role women played in the early church and even in the even in now, you know, what, what we believe about the resurrection of Jesus by which we're saved, you know? Plus no doubt. Plus, plus yeah. it's also what I get from that for Simeon and Anna is it's a great reminder that even when you look around and you think that nobody gets it and nobody understands, there's always going to be a remnant of people that have enough faith in God. They're going to be there. And they keep popping up throughout all the scriptures, not just in this story, but all the way through. There are people that believe in God. There are people that are there, and it's almost always that all is lost. Like Elijah, remember when he was like, I'm the only one left. There's nobody left, and God told him. Oh, wow. That's what drew me to those two stories because you know, I want I did a lesson one time of uh, the, 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 it was something like uh, being the minority of one because yeah. when you're – and that came from my experiences in high school – even though, you know, isolation is always a weakness. I mean, God said where two or three are gathered together. You, you need relationships. But you get out there sometimes, and because of fear or whatever, it's hard to just be the one voice that says, boys, I'm not doing this. It, it's just hard to be that minority 
of one in those few moments in life where you and I think a good thing especially to do, in the computer world, the cell phone world. All right. I think a good I thing to do hey, James, on it. James, yeah. Let's take a quick break. One of the things, uh, one of our sponsors uh, that uh, is is a company called Scoremaster, and basically they have some um, engineers that have come up with a way, an algorithm, to be able to bump up your credit scores. And the reason that's advantageous is because if you're refinancing your home or you're buying a car, maybe just applying for credit. I know we have a lot of young uh, listeners who are uh, on the podcast. You want your credit score to be higher. So basically... Um, they can bump you up 61 points in 20 days, uh, which would save you nine grand on a car loan. It'd save you a hundred grand on the life of a home, 30 year mortgage. So it's definitely worth doing. Bump your credit score up if you've got to get a loan. Uh, Scoremaster puts you in control uh, of your finances. It only takes you a few minutes to enroll uh, and get that credit score bumped up. So go to scoremaster.com slash fill. That's scoremaster.com slash fill. Get those numbers up, save you some money. And what? I, and look, sometimes I think the most simplistic things, whether I'm at an event where everyone's, you know, hammered but me, sometimes I'll just make a declaration. I'm like, I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, just yep. in that moment, I'm in, I'm a minority minority of one. Yeah, Mary Magdalene was the woman who was crying when she went in, went up to the tomb. The disciples went back to their homes, John 20, verse, about verse 10. Mary stood outside the tomb crying as she wept. She bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and one other at the foot. They asked her, woman, the angels, why are you crying? Uh, they've taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they've put him. At this, they, uh, at this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus, which adds a little fuel, Jace, to that glorified body idea. Oh, yeah. You, you know I what think I'm saying? We'll have a whole podcast on what the new body will do. Yeah. It's, we need to, Al, we need to do a podcast called the bells and whistles yeah. of the new body. <laughs> yeah. I tell you what, since I'm since I'm preaching on that this Sunday, why don't we do that on our next podcast, Jay? Let's do it. But I like the bells and whistles, because, you know, if you get a body, you know, you just look at it from an automobile perspective. Let's face it. We, on the, on the earth, there's a lot of bodies out there from anywhere from a Volkswagen, a beat-up Volkswagen, you know, to a Tahoe, to uh, a Lamborghini. Stay away from or the Or the one you just sold me. Or the one I just, I mean, just literally just beat to death. Like a night, what is that, a 1970-something Land Cruiser? I can't remember. I mean, it's just, but I think when you look at it from that perspective and then you look at the new body, because he was doing things that we can't do. He was flying. He was uh, not disfiguring, but like camouflaging himself. Well, he was thinking just, he, he was the it. gardener, this is yeah. Magla, said, sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you put him and I'll get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. So somehow by her, by his, that tone of his voice, her having known him before he died, she turned around and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. I thought it was rabbi. He said, look, rabbi, whatever. Uh, don't hold on to me. I've not yet returned to the Father. Go instead to my brother and tell my brothers and tell them, I'm returning to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. She went to the mm -hmm. disciples with the news, I've seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her, which is a pretty interesting story. Yeah. Something about his body was like, what do you call it, Jay's? It was like uh, he could uh, be transformed. You couldn't tell quite. It's kind of like all these bad sci-fi movies where they always, you can have shapeshifters and transformers and, you know, you can be a car and you turn into a diesel truck and all the kids are watching. And we actually have something that can do this. <laughs> but but Jay's, <clears throat> it's like you always say, 
Where do you think they came up with that idea? From Every this? one of them. I told you that about yeah. Taylor Swift. Now I'm getting all emails about. Oh, I didn't know you was a big Taylor Swift fan. No, I was just. I'm a Jesus fan, and I know he's forevermore. That was my point. Yeah. So if I'll buy his album. Let's but I'm not it, standing in line to you, buy you something. Think, you think, though, she's a cutie pie. You think that. No, I think my wife's a cutie. I'm a one. Oh, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> nice recovery, man. Nice recovery, yeah. We'll play this for Miss. Thank you. Thank you. I just, in, look, I have my, my radar up on anything I see that comes from Jesus that people in the world try to use for money. And look, it's over and over. Just Google it all. Miracle cures and eternal eyeliner and yeah, I mean, that yeah. eternal eyeshadow. What? <laughs> what happens when you cry? Oh, well, it, it runs down your face. What happened to this eternal stuff? Yeah. Because they want more hey. money, you know? <laughs> but Tammy Faye Baker can use that. So, me up. But look, I did want to say, Al, before we move on, Zach had an excellent point. A female and male equality, one hundred percent, is only found in Jesus, That's and right. it came way about all this. You know the patriarchs the, being uh, well in our yeah. culture, like well, men make money more money than women. Yeah, in, in a lot of circles, is it wrong? Yes, but what I'm telling you is Jesus bunked all that two thousand years ago. Yep, he said in Christ, there's no male or female. Let's take one last break. So here's the way Mark put it, Mark 16, you know, the two disciples, because right after this, right after he appears to Mary, before he appears to all the disciples, he finds two of them walking on the road, which I thought was funny because like everybody's hiding out, but these two decided they needed a road trip, I guess, to just get away. So it's like a seven mile walk. And here's the way Mark uh, put it. He said, um, afterward, Jesus appeared in a different form to two of them while they were walking in the country. And then Luke 24 kind of details it, but a different form. So, I mean, it really is shape-shifted. I was like, he could make himself look like, because he just, he just shows up in Luke 24 and he's just walking with them. And he's like, hey, what are you guys, what are y'all talking about? What's, what's happening? Like he's just- Well, even all that, and he, and he came in the room when the doors were locked. Right. But he also did this. He also ate some fish on the creek bank. Plus he's doing all he's doing all these appearances, Al, but I love the text that says in John twenty, right on after his resurrection, uh, because you've seen me talking to Thomas, because Thomas said, I don't, I'm not gonna believe it unless I see the marks. Well, he said, Put your finger here, see my hand, reach out your hand. Put it into my side with whatever that means. Stop doubting and believe. He said, my Lord and my God, because you've seen me, Thomas, you've believed. And here, here we come, Jace. Blessed are those who have not seen yet have believed. Well, that's where we are. I've never seen Jesus. Have you, Jace? Only in people. Yep. I mean, only through the Spirit and only in the red letters. But when we see him as he is, I think we'll know. But he's also able to do other things. That's why when people say, well, how old are you going to be and what are you going to look like? Uh, think bigger. <laughs> you're, you're thinking way, to, you know, who are you going to be married to? Oh, I was married four times. I'm, I'm just so stressed out. No, think bigger. You're going to be able to be any age of yourself because he was, he was being himself at one moment, and then he was shape-shifting in another moment. You're going to be bigger than that. And I'm assuming that when he did that with the, with the whole, all the disciples and with Thomas, that he could also take his body back to this, where it was when he came off the cross. So he, yeah. you know what I'm saying? He, he showed them that stage of it when he still had the nail holes and the... Yeah, the scar, that's what I mean. He, he could go back yeah. and show... Yeah. Yeah, you can, we're just not well, thinking you have, big enough. You, if you control atoms yeah. and molecules, you can do way more than you can ima- ask or imagine. That's why he said that. Then he appears to he appears again to his disciples. He's sitting there and said, "Bring some of the fish you've caught." He said, "Come have breakfast." And he said, 
he's eating fish with them. So, you know, it's a body that can eat. So I don't know. What do you he think, act- Jim? He actually did it twice. He did it the, the first time he appeared to him in the room. He said he asked him if they had anything to eat, and they, they brought him a piece of broiled fish, and he ate oh, it. Oh, I love that. It. When he said, do you have anything to eat? Al, maybe a title, uh, also an alternate title besides the bell and whistles, uh, would be "Are you the gardener?" <laughs> That's pretty good. Or, or what's the, or what's the menu? Yeah, what's the menu? Or what's on the menu? But "Are you the gardener?" says something that I think for our world, a lot of people just think that it, he's just a gardener, just standing there. You know, until you pursue him and see what he really did. Oh no, he's not the gardener. <laughs> no, well, well, you look at the, you look at the other two appearances post ascension of Jesus. And you talk about think bigger. I mean, both of the times he appeared in Scripture post ascension, one to uh, Saul on the yep. road to Damascus. Then the the sight was so overwhelming that Saul falls on his face and he's blinded. And then the other one is in uh, Revelation uh, when he appeared to um, John. John the Revelator. Uh, same, but same reaction. I mean, it's you're looking at a picture of glory and power. And I mean, like, so whatever, you know, whatever body Jesus is in now, we know that it can manifest itself in a light that is so bright that it blinds you and sears your eyes shut. Yeah. That's why that confusing passage in 1 Corinthians 15 when it says it is... Sown in weakness, raised in power, it is sown in shame, raised in glory. It is sown perishable, it's raised imperishable. But then it says it is sown a natural body, it's raised a spiritual body. And the reason I said it's controversial because people are like, well, it's not a body. No, it's a yes, body. It's a body. But, but it's, it's a body that you've never had any experience with because it That's can right. be a spirit, go through a wall, or it can show you a scar. Yeah. So you it's say, exactly well, right. I don't it's understand the, it's in my the old, mind. It's the old Gnosticism. Yeah, uh, people say, well, in my yeah. mind, I can't get a grip on that. But you got to remember, in our culture, that's the biggest problem. That's why you got to continually introduce Jesus. I saw some poll the other day. They had all these weird facts that people believe. There were 16 million people in America that believe that chocolate milk comes from brown cows. <laughs> 16 million and I said well no wonder it's so hard to convince people that Jesus raised from the dead they're looking at chocolate milk saying boy I tell you what give me that brown cow because I like that chocolate milk yeah, sweet. and this wasn't a joke this, these that, that they think that so I'm like boy what was the age group did it give you an age group I mean I can't remember the detail I was so, I was so hot after I and read that and they wonder that. why they voted for the Marxist this time around <laughs> Well, I actually, I what I, I did out. when I read that is I hollered out. I said, what are we doing? And Missy's like, what happened? I was like, and I told her the stat. And she's like, that's ridiculous. But I mean, I'm mad. just saying that's what we're up against, babe. You know, I mean. So, so Jay's, if you wanted to know, if you wanted to have a, a visual of the glorified body of Jesus, just go watch an uh, X-Men movie. And of course, yeah, I believe, and of course, well, every time I watch those movies, I'm thinking, you got this from Jesus. You got this from Jesus. Because everyone, think about that. They, they said it, you know, it was all a mutation from evolution is the, is the movie premise. But every one of them has one. A lot of these you see right here in the screen. You got the, one, the blue woman that can become anybody. You got the little blue guy that can just show up in the room and then leave out the other. I mean, all the, the fire thrower. All the yeah. Look, the fire. You got Wolverine. You got Wolverine. He can't die. He can't die. Mm-hmm. So oh, it, Al, well, they're it, all over Jace. The invisible, the guy who can go and look. What about the ones with the storms? The woman she opens yeah. her eyes, her storm. eyes turn white, and all the storms storm. start being her defender. Yeah. You got the nature caller. All the animals are behind him. They're getting up. there. Well, no, they got it from. They're trying to take what he did and make it their own. And if you pay them seven bucks, it's probably ten now. <laughs> then you can have this experience. You can see it. And I mean, Jesus said, well, just come to me, you get it for free. You know, but whatever <laughs> a Bible calls for. Is. Yeah, paid for. <laughs> come on, join the team. And then yeah. people look at us and say, this is ridiculous. They put what we believe on the equivalent of the chocolate milk. Uh, that, that's what they think. 
So because I had so these discussions, here's an alternative title. Then we can call ourselves the X Men, and and because we're going to be like Christ. Because listen to this: First John three, see what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. That's what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. Preach. That's good preach. enough for me. That'll preach. That'll preach. I mean, we we are X Men, guys. We're going to be able to do all the same stuff in a resurrected, glorified body that Jesus did. But you can, can you imagine the reality of this? If we ever come to a time in our country where you're arrested for being a public vocal follower of Jesus, which could happen in, in other countries, it can could. you imagine when you're sitting in the interrogation room and they're asking you questions and you're like, well, actually, I'm invisible. I can walk through walls. I'm, I'm eternal. I'm actually indestructible. <laughs> and there's no age that you know because they say how old are you like just pick a number i'm it <laughs> and they're, they're, are you getting this <laughs> i can go through walls and of course they're gonna say we'll prove it we'll prove it and th and that's really what i can fly without a rocket booster fly i can just take off right now and fly even uh, though it hasn't manifest itself you'll see it trust me sir before you were born i am yeah, you start talking this, and they're like, yep, yeah, yep, yeah. is there anything else? Well, I'll control all atoms and molecules, gravity, the law of gravity, with every other law you can think of. It does not apply to me. I Jim, am Jim, eternal. Jim would, you, Jim, would you bring the straitjacket in here? We've got somebody to deliver to the ninth floor. But seriously, that that's what would happen. Yeah. That, that's why it's comical to have these discussions, you know, amongst people. I, they probably will take excerpts of this and listen to it for comedic value but we're serious they think we're, we're nutty for following jesus we yeah. think they're nutty for not following jesus yeah the the ultimate bell and whistle that is that that in your um eternal state that you're in your eternal state in the presence of, of god in the presence of christ I and mean, that is the ultimate bell and whistle is to be in his presence and to be basking in his in his Eternal glory. love and, and in his glory. His glory. Yeah. All right, we're out of time. All right. That went by fast. That yep, I'll that's it. it. We'll see y'all next time. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, Subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.